0: Welcome back to the Frog Snacks Podcast We are here at episode 199 The penultimate stop on the Frog Snacks train Uh, Today is going to be a pretty special episode Because we're going to talk about something we've talked about At least on one occasion before But really not nearly as much as all the other various things we've discussed Over the course of this podcast life And that's the world of MMOs We've talked a little bit about, like, console MMOs, but we really haven't talked too much about uh, the world of things such as World of Warcraft. So our dear friend Snacks is going to tell us some stuff today. But before he begins, I would like to offer a surprise of my own. So, dear Snacks, I want you to take a look in our, in our in a chat that we have.
1: Uh-oh. Okay.
0: Take a look at that picture. Oh shut up dude. Did you is that <laughs> that what, picture When did this happen? This is a picture of my of my good friend Bubuzigo, Zigo, a dragoon of the Order of the Twin Adder, a serpent corporal, serving under the elder seed seer herself, Khan Isena, trying to protect the great land of Eorzea in Final Fantasy fourteen.
1: Why didn't you tell me you were doing this?
0: <laughs> because friends, sometimes some things are better left unsaid until alive. Here, take another one. By the way, use that as the episode picture so people at home can see. Yeah, I will. I will. What, what I've done. Oh, this man. is this is this is my homie in in and armor. Well, you know, what I'm it, saying? you
1: know, it's like it's like I always say: better better to ask for forgiveness than to ask for permission.
0: Yeah, this is kind of a move fast and break things. Yeah. So the surprise is that oh yeah, you get to tell some stories too. But uh, I also want you to, uh, since since I'm revealing this information to you for the first time, ask me anything. Okay. Uh,
1: why and when, and who.
0: Why and when and who? Okay, this is good. All right, so let's let's rewind the clock way back, right? So F Fourteen dropped. I want to say what, like twenty twelve, something like that, like real early on, right? Yeah, I'll, I, I'll, I I'll fact only, check, but keep going. I'd always had an eye on the game, right? Mm-hmm. Because of course, um, Square Enix owns me, which I I didn't realize until like this last week, but they do. Uh, they basically put their arm around me and were like, "You know, you could sell your soul to us." Twenty like, thirteen. You know, cool. I wasn't. I wasn't too far off. Yeah. They, they were like, "You could sell your soul to us." And I was like, "That's a good idea." But anyway, so I'd always had an, uh, an iron game. It's an FF game. Obviously, you and I are both FF stands, whatever. So even though I really had not touched an MMO to the point. I was like, you know what, I, I I am kind of taking a look. I just kind of want to, you know, I'll poke my head in the door and see what's happening. Just look around, right? Um, but then we found out, as I'm sure you remember, that 1.0 was a disaster of colossal proportions. Uh, a, a disaster of such scale that it really threatened the Final Fantasy brand name itself. So they had to do a gigantic... <laughs> I see your reaction. Yeah. They did a gigantic... Uh, they did a gigantic turnaround for the game, right? They went on this crazy project uh, to basically uh, revitalize everything, which resulted in A Realm Reborn. And I'm watching all of this happen, and I'm like, oh, man, that sucks. They put out a shitty MMO. Good thing I didn't play, right? Right. But then A Realm Reborn comes out, and I start hearing quite the opposite take. I start hearing all the time, You know, this game is actually kind of lit. As Heaven's Word comes out, and even going through Stormblood, that just keeps going, right? Then, uh, PAX comes around, uh, last year's PAX, right? And the branding, you'll recall, was everywhere. It was also true of this year, but like last year was crazy. Yeah, as well as Uh, The Thirst. Yes, as well as The Thirst. The Square Enix booth was a mob scene for the entirety of the convention. Again, same thing uh, this year. So that really was like, hmm, all these little nudges went in this direction. Also, I forgot to mention, in 2016, um, they did a bundle on Green Man Gaming, that bundle A Reborn in Heavensward, and it was like $20. So I was like, fuck it, I'll snatch it up, mm-hmm. and at some point I'll start playing, right? Yeah. Well, that point didn't come until last year. After, I will also add this. I had also decided, Pax basically said, all right, I I want to try an MMO for real. Like, I'm going to do it for real. Mm -hmm. And I actually started with World of Warcraft. Because I was like, hmm, I'm kind of on this mini Blizzard moment. So I might as well see, Let let me dip my toes in that water and see how it goes. Let's let's recall for the folks at home uh, that I did have my one brief stint with World of Warcraft back in 2007, right? Which uh, did not go well. (laughs) To put it lightly. Right. Uh, I was I was there. there. You you were there for that debacle, right? Yeah. So I said, for both, I said for this entire new run of MMOs. I'm going to go this alone. I'm not going to tell anybody. The only person that knew about this prior to right now is uh, Uncle Paul. Okay. Basically because I could not keep it to myself entirely. Right. But he was kind of like, whatever. Uh, But uh, (laughs) I played WoW for about a month. But I ultimately didn't resubscribe because I was like, this is fun. But I wasn't, you know, grabbed by the horns. You know what I mean? Right. But in June, you know what made me pull the trigger? This is going to be, you're going to say, of course, this, that would be what pulls the trigger for you. Uh, I read an interview with the game's composer, Maso Soken, And another part of the, the Legacy of this game is people are like, yo, the soundtrack is crazy. It's awesome. It's awesome. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. So once I read interviews, like, yeah, so I've done about 300 tracks for the game. And we have the band for the The game that's going on tour i was like all right i fucking have to play this thing i have to do it yeah that was when i pulled the trigger so in june 2018 i created myself a final fantasy 14 account and it's pretty much off to the races from there and i've been playing ever since on and off and right now i am level 53 out of 70 and I finished the main quest of A Realm Reborn, so I still have to do the two expansions. But it's actually a really good time for me to be playing because the third expansion, Shadowbringers, is dropping in July, and I am super excited.
1: Okay, so that is the, that is the why and the when, and I guess, uh, I guess also the who, unless there is somebody that you're playing with that I, that I don't know about.
0: No, I'm soloing this whole thing. Amazing. Well, solo dolo. Uh, I'm
1: shocked, positively shocked, and I and I'm not saying that facetiously. I, uh, I, this is the biggest surprise of the week for me.
0: That's what I wanted.
1: <laughs> well, ah. you you pulled off uh, you pulled off quite the stunt there, uh, Mr. Frog. Um, I had no idea that this was going on, but. Uh, like you said, we're going to have an interesting conversation uh, today. Uh, we're going to be talking about MMOs and we're going to be talking about uh, pretty much the two biggest players in the traditional MMO sphere, right? Wh- which I guess is, is World of Warcraft and Final Fantasy XIV. Uh, there are a lot of other games that are out now that fit the MMO definition um, mm-hmm. but are, are kind of their own thing. You've know, you you've got your destiny. You've got your division. Uh, even, you know, we've even made the argument that, you know, um, that Monster Hunter is, is an MMO. But
0: I think... Monster Hunter uh, is 100% MMO. But those are like... The, the console MMOs are, even though all those games aren't PC, are like the MMO lights. mm mm-hmm. You know, pretty much anything that does not uh, come from the, like, the WoW school of thought is pretty much an, a light MMO. Because having played 14, this is... And I'm not going to draw too many comparisons to what, even though I know this game cribs heavily from wow, why wouldn't it? Uh, I'm not going to make too many comparisons because I just don't know. So I can only talk about what I've seen. Mm-hmm. But in general, yeah, this is a whole other ball game than the games from which, uh, the games that are descended from it. Do you know what I mean?
1: Sure, sure.
0: Yeah, this is like a whole league more of um, how much it wants you to be involved. Right like this is definitely as you, as you know from your days in WoW this is definitely the kind of game that they want you to play every day
1: it's a job yeah
0: yeah it can be it can be a job but at the very least it's a a, a hobby that however much you want um can either demand or you can give commitment to it as much as you want Right. So, oh
1: God, I feel a little derailed. I, I had like kind of a vague idea as to what I was going to talk about. And, and now I just, uh, now I just feel like I, I, I had, I'm at the receiving end of like a kidney punch and I don't know how to continue on with the fight. Uh, <laughs> what, what do we talk about now? What do we talk about? I, I, I only want to ask you about FF 14, but so I, do it. I know <laughs> there's other things you have to get to. Okay. So, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. All right. Okay.
0: As this was, is my plan from the beginning. Okay. Well, uh, bra-
1: bra- bravissimo, frog. Um, <laughs> okay. So, um, all right. Let me let me um, let me regain consciousness here and and <laughs> and come, okay. Great. So, so okay. Um, I don't know really anything about FF14. Um, other than that, it's the the Final Fantasy MMO that is the most, like, wow in that, you know, like you said, how, how much it demands out of the player or how, how much it requests out of the player uh, and, yes, ex- and expects. So, in my wow days, mm-hmm. I played from, I want to say, 2005 to about 2009, early 2010-ish. Um, mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, I can tell you exactly when my subscription ran out and I think it was... Um, it was fall of 2009. So,
0: uh, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, I think I thought 2010 was a little late for what yeah, I know of you playing yeah. well. Yeah,
1: beginning – because it was beginning of my junior year of college. So I want to say uh, September 2009 was the last month that I played. But at that point, I hadn't really been playing regularly for a couple of months. So – right. Um, Okay, so so that was um, that was almost a full decade ago. So Damn, that's right. Yeah, it was right. So uh, and then this this all predates FF fourteen as even being a concept. Like we knew we knew cats who were playing FF eleven in college, right? Um, mm-hmm. So so you know, and I and I and I, I did some like I did some like over the shoulder reading on on FF eleven when it was out. Uh, because we we knew active players of it, so let me let me ask you let me ask you this. Yes, sir. One of the things that I found myself doing mostly in World of Warcraft, especially as somebody who played a lot by himself, mm-hmm. was I could not, uh, despite my best efforts, um, become thoroughly ensconced in the. Uh, in the PVE realm, even though that was the, the biggest draw of the game, um, I found myself much more comfortable doing um, exploration, light role playing, and a lot of PvP. I want to ask. Right. I want to ask you if two questions. One is the game structured similarly, where you can kind of you know you know. Uh, make your own adventure. Uh, and and two, as a solo player on a schedule, do you do you also find yourself going down that path where where you're kind of ignoring the sort of like uh like like hefty politics of the P V E world and of and of like, you know, uh, in, in intra guild drama and stuff like that.
0: So okay, that's that's a Pretty good set of questions, for sure. So, well, one th- one big difference uh, between fourteen and uh, WoW is that, you know, people do say... The people who bother to follow the WoW storyline do say that it's a good storyline. Uh, but that is definitely a, shall we say, lesser um, emphasis. At least until more recent. I hear, like, the more recent expansions, they've kind of stepped up a bit, a bit but... Um, it's definitely a lesser emphasis than it is in 14. Like one of the things I kept hearing, which really pricked my ears up before I started playing was that there are people who believe that 14 is low key, the best final fantasy game. And I don't know if I agree, but they make it's a damn good argument. Let me tell you. Okay. Um, I'll get back to the storyline elements later, but this is like, it has a, This whole game in general is flavored with a little bit of all the games. Mm -hmm. Uh, The storyline, though, is very classic FF. You start off as some random ass dude and by the end, you're God. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So all this is to say that I played the game for the majority of my time thus far just as a regular RPG. Albeit one where when you come to dungeons, you have to do them with other people. And because this is a modern MMO, and I'm pretty sure WoW has this by now as well, uh, there is, dungeons are called Duties in in 14. Okay. So they have the Duty Finder. So whenever you need to go to a dungeon, you just hit the Duty Finder, and it match makes you into uh, a group to do a dungeon. I'll go over the experience of doing that later. Uh, But that's how you get through all the the storyline, well, any dungeon, really. Uh, But all the storyline dungeons, that's how you do them. So really, for the most part, it's just been me doing the storyline. And like I said, I completed the storyline, I want to say early March. And now I've just kind of been doing the Realm Reborn post-game stuff. Uh, Actually, in the next week, if not even like tonight or tomorrow, I may be going on my first raid. So stay tuned for that. But I haven't, to answer your question more uh, targetedly, right, I haven't done too much of the PV content. And I've heard surprisingly little about, in in fourteen. the guilds are called free companies, Mm -hmm. as opposed to the grand companies, which are the three city-states that comprise the nation of Eorzea, or the the continent, I should say, of Eorzea. Sure. Uh, I have not heard much about, like, free company drama, but... Uh, the free companies are, like, not a joke in this game, as I'm sure you can imagine. Yeah. Um, As far as PvP, I actually have not done any PvP yet. One thing I have consistently heard is that PvP in 14 is, like, whatever. Like, it's not something that um, people get very excited about. Sure. But it is there. And Square Enix actually does have, like, I don't know if I'd call it a league, but they do have, like, officially supported uh, competition for it. Sure. Sure. But for the most part, yeah, it has been me just like soloing, being a dude running around, doing the storyline, um, doing some leveling, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So soloing has not been bad at all.
1: Okay, good, good to know. Okay, so uh, oh man, um, how do you how do you find the maturity level of the general player base? Do you find that? There's a lot of like, you know, I mean, because one of the, one of the, I'm glad that this is happening because one of the caveats that I was going to like say going into this episode is that it's been a really long time. Right. I played an MMO. Um, But I do, I do remember uh, general chat in World of Warcraft being kind of, I don't know if I would go that far in the negative. I I would say that it was a hellhole in that it was a microcosm of the internet writ large. Um, so you, you got the good with the bad, but there was a lot of nonsense. Um, so, so yeah, there was definitely times where it was just, it was just terrible in jokes and, and gatekeeping (coughs) and like immaturity. But every once in a while, you know, I mean, people, people like met and got married in World of Warcraft. Right, know? right, right. So right. so there there was there was that too. It was like so I guess I guess the question is um like World of Warcraft was like a high key pillar of you know internet culture for a while and might still be. And I want to know if if like the general population of FF14 is like that too. Or if they're, if they're so, like, niche that it's, it's just kind of like any other online video game?
0: It's definitely more like any other online video game, but I've actually given this quite a bit of thought, right? So let me sketch out what I know and how I believe it has impacted what I've experienced. hmm so what I know is that you say you wouldn't go that far into the negative, but I know one person who would vociferously oh that's a good word disagree with you. Mm-hmm. And that person is of course Dingus. Right. Who who always loved to talk about Barons chat. Yeah. To 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 the point that you may recall that he just simply referred to the anime club at our school, which he despised with a passion as the Barons. Right. I do remember that. Wow. So he, oh, his hatred of, of, and he showed me some examples, and yeah, it was pretty fucking bad. Uh, and the reason I think that was so is for two reasons. Uh, one, WoW was the biggest game in the world, right, for mm-hmm. a long time. Yeah. Like, juggernaut. Before, before a league set reset all the boundaries, uh, WoW was, <laughs> like, the undisputed king. Yeah. And as we know from, you know, The the rule of thumb on the internet is that the biggest game in the world, regardless of the game's quality, is going to be a, at best, a mixed bag experience. Yeah. Because since everybody plays it, all the assholes play too. Right. So that is kind of where WoW has had its struggles. And I do believe, at least from some of the forum reading I've seen, uh, it still kind of has that issue. Uh, even though I think more of it is now due to people who have been playing so long that they really don't have patience for people who don't know what they're doing.
1: Yeah, and I'll add I'll add one more thing uh, that sure. was that was brought to my attention a while ago about the Barons specifically is mm. that it was uh, it, it, it was also a function of poor game design too. and I, and I know that that's mm. you, you usually don't hear the phrase poor game design and wow in the same sense. But essentially what happened was, the, if you're not familiar, the, the Barons was like um, the first communal area of the game for ho- all Horde players. So the the way that all like first-time WoW play is structured is that every race has their own little starting area. And then what happened was the Barons was the place that everybody ended up right after the starting area so you would spend maybe an hour in the game and get dumped into the barrens and the barrens was gigantic and this was this was when movement was like you know like stone age era like you were (laughs) you were you were basically lightly jogging everywhere nobody was a high enough rank to get a mount yet um, there, there were no fast travel links yet. You had to establish them. Um, there's there's enemies everywhere. There's there's people everywhere. So it's it's basically a whole bunch of new people in this gigantic area with no way to escape and no clue what they're doing. So you, for a long time, that's that's kind of how Barons has got its reputation as being this like cesspool. But it really was. Um, I, I mean, for lack of a better term, it was it was poor game design.
0: Well, it's funny that you said, <laughs> I think you'd find a lot of people who would uh, take umbrage at the idea of uh, WoW and, and poor game design not being in the same sentence, because one thing I've come across, again, just in all the research I've had to do to keep going through 14, you see a lot of WoW stuff too. And oh, the the fury level over some of the stuff that's been done in Battle for Azeroth has been... Kind of hilarious to see. Mm-hmm. I don't, of course, because I don't play that game. I really don't understand the um, the fighter points of why people are pissed. But the anger has been pretty palpable, which is kind of unfortunate because I understand that people were pretty pissed with. Well, Legion, I think, was okay, but then people were pissed with Warlords of Draenor. So Blizzard's had an up and down fast few years. We'll put it that way. Sure, of course. But yeah. um, To get more to the point, you asked about, like, how is the community? Yeah. So, I have to say that it's actually kind of stunning, right? Because where I was leading with everything I said is that now you get to the 14 era where now you have all these MMO lights running around, right? Yeah. That don't offer quite the same experience, but pretty close to it. MMO elements are now in a lot of different games, even games that wouldn't really fall under the MMO light banner. Yes. Um, the whole MMO design in general has kind of fallen out of favor and now you have a ton of other online games that are straight up free. Mm -hmm. So this is kind of a separate corner of the internet. So I think that what you have now is a game where the price tag of the $15 a month subscription fee, um, is a pretty big psychological barrier that keeps out a lot of riffraff and I feel fairly confident in saying that because I have to say that every time I've been on this game, uh, the closest to negative experience I have had was Monday, but, but that was because I was being a dumbass. We were doing a high-level boss, and I got greedy and was clearly standing in the, in the path of destruction, and it turned out that it set off a chain of events that led us to team wipe. We brought it back on round two. But still, uh, I got a message like, could you not fucking stand in the AoE? Yeah. All, right, all, right, all right. But other than that, literally, it's been extremely positive. The worst I've seen is, like, when you get into a dungeon and Duty Finder, people might just say nothing. But we go straight through. People know what they're doing. Uh, dungeons, dungeon runs take around 20 to 25 minutes, and that's pretty, pretty consistent. And if uh, people don't know what's going on, everybody's very quick to help. I also have to say that people are recruiting for their free companies hardcore. Uh, less so now, but like when I first started playing the game, almost every single time I logged on, I got at least two free company invites out of the blue, unprompted. Hmm. And people were like, hey, we have this really great free company. We're super friendly. Every, we're not like, you know, tryhards or whatever. Come through. Uh, one person one time, basically insisted on helping me quest for a while and was real fine, but I was still felt like, uh, cause I really was just kind of like trying to do whatever. I didn't really have a set plan. Yeah. So I didn't run to like drag him around while I'm, you know, twiddling my thumbs. Uh, but I, we did add each other, uh, because I said maybe, you know, in the future, I'm pretty committed right now to staying solo, at least until I get to 70 and then we'll see what I want to do. But, um, I'm leaving the door open to maybe join his free company. Uh, I had a Spider-Man meme moment on, yeah, this is also Monday. So, you know, the Spider-Man meme where they point at each other. Yeah, that's the best one. It's the best one. And I had exactly that. I literally finished a quest in duty finder and ended up back in one of the city States. Um, Limsa Lominsa it's called. So I'm there in Limsa Lominsa and you see, I have my Drakken armor on, right? Uh, I run into a level 70 Dragoon who also is wearing Drakken armor. So we literally just stare at each other for a couple seconds (laughs) and then, like, I start waving and then the person just gave me a hug. Then I wave goodbye and I got a friend request. (laughs) Like, that's the kind of things that happen in this game.
1: Nice. That's, like, uh... That happens with, uh... With me, with, like, people with similar gamer tags like my my gamer tag is always like uh is always like sad times uh right uh, across multiple platforms and every once right. in a while someone will like want it and and see that it's taken and then <laughs> message me and and <clears throat> you know usually it's pretty it's pretty like amicable but they're like you know you know like your gamer tag like can i have it or whatever and i'm like no no uh, but, uh, this literally happened to me last week where somebody, somebody with the gamer tag, sad X times messaged me and just like, basically was just a friend request. And I was like, okay, cool. And like, we're that's friends, actually hilarious. like we're friends, you know, we, there's no way we can't be. All right. Now you're kindred spirits. Yeah, exactly. So, okay. That's, that's, um, Encouraging, but familiar, you know, that that's, that reminds me a lot of like my better moments in, in World of Warcraft.
0: Yeah. Like it's actually, I, I'm actually consistently surprised at how, how friendly everybody is.
1: I guess my, uh, but it's uh, good. my, and then I guess my last question is before I start talking about World of Warcraft mm-hmm. is, um, World of Warcraft was f- famous for, and may still be known for, um, a lot of the um, I don't know what the, what the what, like the, a lot of the extracurriculars that the that the community would do. Um, <clears throat> there were like regularly scheduled like dual meetups in front of the gates of Orgrimmar, for example. Like people would just hang out there. Like this wasn't a thing that was put in the game. People would literally just hang out in front of the gates at set times and like form, like basically form like a, like a pit circle. And two people would step into the circle, throw down the dual flags and just, just duel each other. And then when they finished, they would go back out to the circle. And then two people, it was like a like a I I don't know, I guess like a I don't know, like a square dance. Is that how square dance works? But it was like that, but it was it was unbelievably organized for it being this like unsanctioned, you know, non-communicative thing. Uh right. there were famously back in the day like in-game funerals for for like guild members who had died in real life. Um There were all kinds of stuff like that that would like make the news. Basically all the shit that you hear about Eve nowadays, like that stuff's been going on in in WoW uh, for a while or or at least like got a lot of press back in the day when it was was happening because it was the biggest game at the time. So do, do you see any stuff like that going on or are people pretty much like by the book like just doing the game trying to have a good time?
0: Uh, As far, I'm not really on like the forums and stuff to know that's that kind of thing. And again, since I'm a solo player, I'm disconnected from probably a lot of the intrigue that would come from people talking about other people playing the game. Mm -hmm. I imagine when I get in, I'll find out a lot more. But um, uh, one thing, now that you mention it, I don't know if there is world PvP in this game. Because I certainly have not heard anything about it. I'll have to look that up, but—or maybe it's just I forgot, but yeah, I, I'm not aware of there being world PvP. To my knowledge, PvP is a completely separate, distinct thing. Uh, as far as, like, in-game—I'm sure people do in-game funerals and such. Uh, I know that the game does officially support weddings, the ceremony of eternal bonding.
1: Wait, like— in game, like your character can marry another character, or the game supports yes. like if people met in the game and got married in real life.
0: Well, I mean, you can get married in the game, but I imagine if you're married in real life, you probably just do it in the game.
1: Okay, sure, right? How funny would that be? Like, do you think that be? Do you think like if okay, like let's say you're married... it's definitely a thing. Let's say you're married, right? And your your spouse mm. and you and your spouse spouse both play and you know, they were like, so honey, are we going to like get married in the game? And you're kind of like, well, no, like I kind of like have my, my game life separate from my, my home life, you know, like it's, it's like a second world type thing. That's kind of like the whole appeal of an MMO. And then you're right. like, And then your spouse gets pissed and your spouse is like, what the fuck? Like, you know, we had to get married in the game. Do you think those fights happen? I'm sure that happens. I'm sure. <laughs>
0: I'm, uh, uh, I'm like very
1: entertained at the idea of that happening.
0: I'm sure that has happened. Though I have to say, um, from what I can tell, at least going by, like, Twitch and what things I've picked up off the internet, there are, like, a lot of women that play this game. I mean, I knew a good amount of women played WoW as well, but, like, I think there's a, definitely a substantial female presence in this game. Yeah. Um. So I would not be surprised, you know, if people talk about, you know, they have this side piece in the game. <laughs> <laughs> and
1: <laughs> you like, imagine if you're married in real life and your spouse also plays the game, but your character is married to some rando, like, <laughs> do, like, does your spouse get pissed? They have to. I bet that'd be so funny to hear. I, I bet that conversation would be, I would pay money to hear that conversation.
0: Well, the win that could be taken out of your sales or added, depending how you react to it, is that they might be like, well, that's okay. Cause I also got my. So they they're both married to random people in the game. So that would
1: t- that would take the wind out of my sails. I want I want them to get upset and then have to like rationalize why they shouldn't be upset, but then like still be upset and feel guilty about it. Like that's what yeah. I, that's what I want. But anyway,
0: <laughs> so okay, but yeah, um, yeah, that's pretty much what I can. I don't know anything about like unofficial stuff, but this is very much like I've heard the term for both WoW and 14 as the theme park MMOs. Uh, and they take that very seriously. So there's so much like official stuff to do in this game mm-hmm. that I can't imagine that um, there's a huge demand for a lot of like off-the-cuff stuff.
1: Okay, that's fair. I okay, so you know, I, I also uh, knew a lot of women who played WoW back in my my playing days, and I think um, and I think that that's gonna gonna come into like, I mean, we all we all know that you know. Uh, there have always been female gamers that have been like underrepresented and just, just in terms of like, you know, women who consider, who play games that consider themselves gamers versus men who play games, who consider themselves gamers. Right. Which is why the percentages have always been skewed. But I think like the draw is universal, uh, which, which I think is, was what, um, why we've seen like empirical data showing that there's like a, a large amount of female players um, and that's this whole notion of there being like, uh, like a, of you having this separate life from, from your real one. Right. It's, it, it it, 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 right. it, it goes hand in hand with the, with the simple demands of the game and what it allow what it allows in terms of a social life. Right. So right. before I get into that whole point, let me, let me give you briefly my, my history with, with World of Warcraft and to the listeners. So, uh, I want to say 2005. The game had been out for a little bit. I was obviously aware of it. I think at this point, the the South Park World of Warcraft episode had already aired. It was it was, it was, was huge. It was uh, it was it was a capital B, capital F, capital D, right? And this is like, you know, so so um, I had a friend who was playing the game. And he, uh, he soured on it very quickly. And so I, and I, and so I, I told him like, listen, man, you know, um, I'll like buy your account off you and like, you know, scrub all your data and like, cause I, I, I want to play it. Right. And he's like, yeah, sure. So, so I, 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 I came by his place and I rem- and I remember, I remember this, like it was yesterday Yesterday, I remember this like it was mm-hmm. yesterday. I go to this kid's house. He gives me the discs because I had to install it via disc, right, on my family's right. like Dell computer, right. Uh, it was it was rough, and so and he and he hands me the game, and he says to me, "You are going to immediately hate this game, or it is going to become your life." And That's exactly wow. what he said to me, and I remember being like, "I don't know if I want to play this game, dude." Like, I felt like I felt like I was buying drugs. Like it was really. It, it, he made it like way more. He was a pretty intense. He still is a really intense dude. But this was like, I felt like I felt like weight. Like he had, he was giving me this thing, and I felt like this weight. And I was like, "Oh my god, I'm, I'm like carrying something really important here." So and right. I go and install the thing. And I mostly just mess around for a really long time. Like I don't get hooked, but I'm I'm fascinated with it, with how with how big it is and how much there is to do. And this is all pre BC, right? This is right. this is before the first expansion. The game gee. OG, OG. This, this is super old school, right? I'm I'm learning the game pretty much at the same time as everybody else, even though there were plenty of people in Endgame at this point. Right. Um, and 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 sort of like little by little, I. I feel like I am getting what it is that I'm supposed to be doing but I'm not playing it nearly as much as I should. I was I was, you know, starting to look at colleges and I was studying for the SATs. I, I wasn't really studying for the SATs, but I was, you know, uh, <laughs> pretending pretending to. And and so um and I was also, you know, I was also playing a, every other game in in the book. Like I think um I, I was playing like Metal Gear Solid 3 and, and all this other stuff and I remember like you know, playing all these other games that were out and, and I kind of would just, you know, um, for a little bit here and there, kind of like poke and prod at the game. And, and that became like more and more of a thing. And then when I got to college, I remember, um, pretty, like pretty much the first semester of college, the friends that I had made, um, you know, Dingus and, and, Derek and a whole bunch of a whole bunch of guys. Right. Um, I found out that they were all playing World of Warcraft, and 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 I was thrilled at the idea of playing uh, with other people. So I I straight up rerolled. I had a main uh, level was maxed out. I didn't care. I, I I rerolled. I started from scratch. I started completely from scratch. From scratch, and I leveled all the way up, caught up with everybody, and that was when I really got into wow was when i had kids down the hall who were playing it also all the time and that was when so I let was, me yeah go ahead
0: i want to pause you real quick because i want to make two points one for the listeners which is i i, I don't think you completely sold exactly how outrageous the wild WoW crew was in our building mm-hmm. like we had what at what one point like what almost 20 people playing that game yeah just in our, just in our building, to say nothing of what was going on on the rest of campus.
1: Yeah. So this is uh, this is shortly we'll
0: after takeover.
1: Yeah. This is this is shortly after BC. We had, um, we had an entire, uh, we had an entire, uh, hallway pretty much that was that was dedicated, uh, to the game, and the few who, weren't we still like on board with it. Like there, like we had at one point, um, one of our one of our players had um, taken a table and and put it in and moved all the beds around so that there would be enough room for this table. And everybody put their laptops on this table, and and we would all play World War at the table in the same room. Like, and if you've ever been to a college before, ever, you know how small these rooms are. And we had yep. like like eight or ten people huddled around this table, like with their laptops playing. How we didn't cause a fire or, or anything I, it was beyond <laughs> me. But so so it was.
0: Yeah, there's no water cooling, bro.
1: And this was and this was after a lot of people had left the building, but we're still playing. So it was. Uh, it, it, I mean, we did like we did like a group outing to the the closest mall to wait in line for the midnight release of Wrath of the Lich King in 2008 I remember that and we needed we needed multiple cars we needed Woo! we needed multiple cars you had to have a caravan bro we had we we had a straight it was the Oregon motherfucking trail <laughs> like <laughs> driving at like 1130 at night to this, to this mall in New York, like trying, like trying to buy wrath And we were, we were late, dude. We were like, the line was, the line was snaking around the mall. And mm. I mean, it was, it was pretty serious stuff, man. And, and, and we had a huge community and that was when I really started getting into it. And
0: so, well, the uh, one more point I was going to ask you though, yeah. was when you re-rolled, what level was your old character? 60. That was the cap at the time. Right. I was, so you had a max level character at the time, and you were like, bump that. It's time to go hard, bitches. I got my whole squad now.
1: Yep. I said, fuck it. Like, they, that character to me was like a practice character. Because mm. I had, because I had only gotten, I had only gotten to 60 incrementally, and I had only right. like, um, you know, and I and I had, I I didn't feel, I didn't feel like it was I, I didn't feel like I was leaving that much behind. I, I felt like I had, you know, gotten to the point where I was like, okay, I can play with the big boys now. Let me right. start from scratch and really put a lot of like heart and soul into this, into this endeavor, right. and and that was what I did. And, and that and that character. I mean, I I like. I, I, it sounds crazy, but I, I loved my WoW character. I was like... No, they're, they're an extension of yourself. It was an extension of myself. And for those of you who extra don't know, uh, at the time, I had a pretty interesting hairstyle. And, <laughs> there, and the, the troll race, which is what I re-rolled to, was the only race that had a similar hairstyle. And... So I was like, I really, I really felt this connection to my character, as ridiculous as that sounds. And and multiple people will tell you the same thing. Longtime WoW players, longtime MMO players will tell you that same story. I'm sure.
0: I can tell you that myself. I feel a definite extension uh, to my boy Boo Boo. You know, <laughs> for sure. So
1: um
0: it's my heart so, right there.
1: So so yeah. I mean, I've got some like I've got some in WoW uh, stories
0: that I can, that I can regale, uh, if you'd like. Okay. And give me a story. Yeah. After, after you give me some story, I'm going to, I'm going to gush a little further about the game points. We didn't talk about yet. So. yeah,
1: sure. So, so yeah, I'm going, I, I've got, uh, like I said, a lot of these, a lot of these have like faded, uh, over time, um, because it, it's been so long since I've played, but, uh, you know, ultimately it's going to, uh, it, it, it's, 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 I think that they're going to properly showcase the type of game that World of Warcraft was and and the type of thing it meant to the people who played it and and how deep it went and what it you know why I think I have said this for a very long time and I and I think it's still probably true. I thought about this recently. But if I were <clears throat> if I were forced to make a list of like the five best video games of all time, World of Warcraft would be in that list. Um, I, I think it's. I think I can't. I don't think that I could rationalize why it shouldn't be on that list. But um, mm-hmm. but let me let me tell you this. So so uh, one of the things that was most fascinating about World of Warcraft was that it had uh, an auction house, right? Uh, yes. This was kind of how people made a lot of their money. Uh, there were jobs in, in World of Warcraft and each, each character can only have a certain number of jobs. So there were people who were farming different materials based on what job they did. Either they were mining or they were, um, they, were, they were alchemists and they were picking flowers, whatever. And you would get to the point where you were so good at this thing and you were able to get like some really high-level materials that everybody needed to make stuff, even the people who couldn't farm them themselves, and all that stuff would be bought and sold in the auction house. Mm-hmm. So, the most fascinating thing about the auction house was that there was a living, breathing economy of of goods, of goods and services, and there was a price set by these by these these guilds, right? And I don't mean guilds in the in the you know the, the literal sense of it, but I mean like I mean this this like uh, this like un Structured brotherhood of people who were able to produce these goods and and what they thought was a fair going rate for those goods to the people who needed them and the, it was it was all unwritten, right? This is all like unwritten rules of the auction house and, and of the economy. But like if there was if there was a surplus of a thing, the price would go down. It it, it really did work exactly the way is like not exactly the way, but very similarly to like what you learn in like econ 101, right? Mm-hmm. Like supply and demands type stuff. So there was a time where once I was like, Well, shit, who cares? Like whatever I'm just gonna like make this I'm just gonna undercut everybody who cares right and I, and I did right. that and I got like I didn't get th- I didn't get threatened but I, I got like a I got like a coaching moment from from somebody else in in the server I, I, I had somebody message me and and just say hey man listen like you can't do that and here's why and he basically like explained and he basically like explained how you know um you know, about how like, like the output of labor works. And I was, it was, it was unbelievable. Like, and, and I never did it again. So that's, like <laughs> a, so that's story one. And and the cool part about it was that, uh, server to server, these prices are wildly dis, dis, disparate because one of the things that I found out about World of Warcraft was that the, um, basically money dropping, was on an RNG status, and it varied server to server. So there were some servers that had that literally had more money going around than others. And it wasn't because of the amount of work put in by the people in those servers, but by how much would actually be produced by random number generators in that server. So I thought that that was wow. fascinating. Um, so there's that story. And then um, the, uh, the second story is, uh, the, the one time I tried to go on a raid. So, um, this is, uh, this is, this is a little bit of a personal story. So I'll, I'll like skip the personal aspects of it because there's a, there's a, there's a point that I want to make and, and, and it has to do with like the drama that was inherent in World of Warcraft. And that was, so I say, okay, I, I want to do this raid. I've been doing PVP forever. That's what I stick to. That's what I like. Let me do a, a let me do an honest to God raid. Mm-hmm. So I joined. Uh, I, I joined this. Um, I joined this 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 guild, I guess. And they're like, "We're going to do this raid at this time." And so I went and did the raid. And I learned about the raid. I learned about all the bosses. I, I listened to everybody. Great. We get to this one boss, and towards the end of the raid, uh, and the it, it drops a thing that I want, right? Mm-hmm. And and the thing that I want drops now the way that guilds worked i don't know if they still work this way but they probably do the way that guilds work is 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 sort of like a mix of labor and seniority so people who have gone on the most amount of raids uh, you know eventually get priority for items the people who have been in part of the guild for for long for longer get priority for these things and and so like when a single thing drops only one person gets it and right. it's up to the guild leadership to decide, sort of decide who gets the thing. So by process of elimination, I am the one who needs this item, right? It's a, it's a, it's a smaller raid. It's, it's, um, I think it's 15 people instead of the, the 25 or 40 man raids that, that were going on pre BC. Um, right. so it's 15 people and the item is, uh, male, uh, as a as a M A I L, as in like chainmail, right? As opposed right, to right, right. cloth or leather or plate armor, right? right. Uh, I'm the only one that uses. Uh, I played as a shaman. I'm the only one that uses mail armor. Uh, it is the only thing that gives um, elemental buffs. I, I I played as an elemental shaman. Cool. I was the only one here, right? Who who needed this item? So I thought that by process of elimination, I would get this. I would get this item. And they gave it to a paladin instead, and and the it, which doesn't make sense because paladins use plate armor. And so so when I brought this up to the guild leader, uh, he basically told me that you know uh, you know th- that this person had been in the guild for longer. And I said, but that that doesn't that's a moot point because it's not my thing. And we got in this whole argument, and I said I'm never raiding again. We told each other to fuck off. I left the guild. Uh, I was like, rating is so stupid. I'm so glad I, I never, I never did it, and I'm so pissed that I did it this one time, and I'm never doing it again, right? Fuck rating. Oof. And Buck rating. So I did a little bit of research because I was, I got, I got, into, I got into such a heated argument. It's just, I'm just, I just picture like two, like, uh, like. Like, like angry, like 19 year olds in pajamas at their laptop, just typing. So like, that's like essentially what it was. And so, so like I got so heated at this guy though. And and, and so I looked up his character and apparently I I found out through, through the general chat and through some private messaging, some, the the hot goss that this guy (laughs) was running a guild was running a guild on an other server and left the server because he had gotten into similar arguments with other people on that server and he had he had garnered such a poor reputation on that server that he couldn't run a guild anymore because people were so distrustful of him. So he took his small band of people who were like still boys with him or whatever and they all paid the fee to migrate to my server of all servers. What? Yes. And that was the one that I joined, and that was the one that – so I never tried it even after learning all this and learning that I had gotten just like you know a, like a a, a, a shitty a sword, bad roll basically you know I I still was like no I'm not doing this, and then wow uh, so I so I was like I, never, I I soured so quickly on rating I just never did it 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 required too much it was too time consuming it was uh, highly highly political. Um, and you know, uh, as 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 an aside, I'm I'm generally suspicious of hierarchical structures in general, but especially like completely virtual and unnecessary ones. And I and I was like, this is like I didn't like any part of it. So right. screw it. I was into PvP. The, <clears throat> the 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 PV. I have I have so many fond memories of PvP in World of Warcraft. Uh, I I can't really. Uh, pick like a single one that I liked the best but my favorite thing about it was that there was there was there was almost no communication right it was it was generally chaotic Um, but my favorite was I would run Arathi Basin Arathi Basin was my favorite Arathi Basin was basically um uh point control right there were five points you control the points you got points based on how long you had the points in your control over and it was just horrible be alliance whatever And my favorite thing was over and over and over again. So one of the, okay, but real quick as a, as a, as a preface to the story, uh, between Horde and Alliance, there was infamously no way to communicate, right? Right. Um, you could type at a player on the opposite faction and it would generate as like gibberish. So there was no way to communicate with, with that person whatsoever. Right. So I would run around the basin so much and and there was a I was an elemental shaman, right? And there was an there was an a, a human arms warrior. Um I don't yeah, I don't even know if these specializations still exist anymore. Like I don't know if there's like arms, dual wield, and protection warriors anymore. Or fury, fury, arms, fury, and protection. I don't know if that still exists, but there was an arms there was an arms warrior there uh who's a human so he was on the alliance and i played him for and i would see him over and over and over again in a basin and we would both run to the same point we were you know similarly stacked gear wise we both um were similar uh like ability wise Mm -hmm. and there was no way There was no way other than emoting to one another to communicate. And we would start off and it it was like clockwork. You know, I would see him in an Arathi Basin match. We would immediately run to the same point and we would duke it out. And we would always be at the top of the leaderboards at the end of the match for honor kills. Like we were both really, really good at PVP and but we would always make time to duel one another at the same place. And then once I knew that he was also playing, because there was no way to check other than r- randomly running into him in Rathi Basin, we would queue up again and we would do it over and over and over again. And so that, because we knew that the other team would have that person on it. and That's I, wild. And I don't even remember the person's name I never got the person's real name in real life, obviously. I never communicated with them. There was no way to. We we would occasionally wave at one another in the game, and that was it. And everybody left us alone, too, which was the cool part. Like, we would, we would just go off, have our side battle, and if somebody interfered, we would, like, heal up and go to the same spot and try it again. And we would, like, waste a lot of time, like, a lot, a lot of our team's time, quite frankly, doing this. Right. And, you know... I, I it was I, I felt like I had, you know, made this friend in the game, but there was no way for me to talk to him or her. It was no way. And and so like that was a really special thing. Uh I I uh I, I loved that uh human arms warrior. He was the best. <laughs> That's some straight up Ronin shit. Right? That was like yo, that that was like uh like I wonder if he remembers me,
0: you know, <laughs> probably. If you guys were doing that as many times as you say, then there's no way you wouldn't remember. Who knows? For all you know, he could still be playing the game. Yeah, right. Probably. And, and, and then you have like some ten years older, you know, moment or something.
1: Oh man, I know that'd be that'd be nuts. But uh, yeah, I mean, listen, the guy could be my neighbor. I, I like I could be living. Canada. I could be living next to him right now and have not have any clue. But so. I guess I say, I guess I, I picked, I cherry picked those stories to, to say this, right? And and I, and I, and I, I did want to uh, talk about this aspect of the game, right? I, I think that just by regaling those three stories, you got an understanding of, of how much of real life World of Warcraft managed to mirror. Yes. And... This is the this is the key draw, right? This is kind of what I was alluding to earlier when I was talking about, um, you know, the, the the diverse player base, right? The the diverse player base that I have like it, that we that we all have like empirical data on, right? Like we've all seen it, mm-hmm. we've all met mad people who are just like, you play World of Warcraft too, and it's like you never would have guessed, right? So, right. Um, I stopped playing um, in fall of 2009, but for pretty much all of 2008, um, all of my sophomore year of college, I was playing the game quite a bit. I I was, I was playing it a lot really. And, um, you know, and, and I think that there is something to be said for what, the game did for somebody who was in the type of place that I was in during that time of my life. Right. And I think that we're, you know, we've had 199 episodes together and I, and I think I feel comfortable, you know, telling the listeners that, you know, I, 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 I suffered a little bit in, in college from, uh, from depression and, and from anxiety and a lot of these types of things that, that everybody deals with at some point in their lives. But this, this happened to be the time that I was going through it. And it was very difficult, and and I didn't really know how to how to deal with it. You know, there there were no open and available avenues that I was aware of to, to deal with it until, you know, uh, in, until it was very very late in this. But World of Warcraft was a uh, was was it was an escape for me, and and I think that a lot of people would say something similar to that. Uh, World of Warcraft, 100%. Mi- World of Warcraft mirrored real life in a way that I was able to actually manage and feel like I had control over, you know, uh, except for that fucking raid, man, I, I had, I, I felt <laughs> so powerless, but like I was, um, I was good at PVP. I, you know, was, was able to lead a team in, in, in a way where I, in in a, in a place that unlike real life, I felt like people you know, saw the, the, the immediate fruits of my labor and the immediate merits that I had and, and responded to it, uh, in a very quick and a very, uh, you know, abject and apparent way where, where in real life, I always, uh, felt like, especially as a college student, you know, you feel like you have nothing to show for any of the work that you've ever done, you know, and, and, um, you know, my job paid minimum wage, even though I was busting my ass, you know, my, my grades weren't that great, even though I was studying hard and and everything. And it's just like, uh, you know, this, this was a, this was a place where I was able to, uh, be a
0: master of your own fate.
1: I was a master of my own fate. I, I, I saw, I saw direct and tangible results to the, well, not tangible, like, you know, intangible. But I saw results, direct results of the things that I was doing. I felt like, um, I, I commanded some minute level of respect that I felt like I didn't have in real life. I felt like, um, you know, I had an understanding of this world that, um, that, that, had, a, um, that, that had a real number and a real outcome that was, was sort of like a one-to-one ratio. Like I understood this thing, therefore I can do this. And nothing is stopping me from doing it, right? It, it, it's just right. it just took the time to learn to do it, um, you know. So, so I, I I think that the way in which it mirrored real life, but was but able to enabled you, enabled you to do so much more, mm-hmm. was um, was was very therapeutic uh, to me. Obviously I needed and eventually did seek out real world help, but, you know, me, you know, me having a bad day and, and going to play world of Warcraft and decompressing over the course of several hours by just, you know, completely enveloping myself, like, you know, just, just glued to the screen was, was therapeutic or, or in some cases waking up thinking I was going to have a bad day, being relatively certain I was going to have a bad day and skipping the day entirely and just playing World of Warcraft was was also you know you can call it whatever you want but it was it was what helped me at the time in the very short term and i think that that's a i think that that's an experience that a high percentage of MMO players can sort of um, you know identify with identify with and and, and i and i that was certainly the case for me, and you know I, I haven't played in a very long time. Obviously, I, I have no clue what's going on in World of Warcraft these days. But it was um, it was an important game to me personally, and um, I just wanted to share that because I, I don't think that I can have an honest discussion about the game without without sharing that part of my life and, and what you know what the game was to me uh, during that time of my life.
0: I'm glad you did, uh, because that story, I mean, we know for a fact is not an atypical story, right? Right. Um, particularly, as you said, for college students. But I, I'm really glad, and I, I thank you for sharing that, because it really cuts to the heart of not only why MMOs are a big deal, but why video games in general are a big deal. Yes. You know, I always recall um, Jane McGonagall's book, Reality is Broken, And she literally made the exact point you did, which is that one of the things that have powered the rise of gaming is the idea that people can go into games and experience a level of control that real life, as we know all too well, uh, has a way of wrenching away from average people. Uh, And I'd say one of the nice developments is that MMOs used to kind of be, maybe not the exclusive province, but... It was the province where you could most feel that because, like you said, it mirrored real world. It was a second life, you know, <laughs> no no correlation with the actual game of that name. <laughs> right. But because an MMO is a second life, uh, you were able to exercise a, a real feeling level of control that you couldn't otherwise get. Happily, that feeling can now be carried over to a lot of different games because the rise of the MMO light means that a lot of this same world building and the idea of having guilds or whatever is no longer exclusive to a world of Warcraft or it's an F14 or what have you so yeah I'm, I'm really glad that you put that out there and listen if, if those times where you had to like skip class you know made the difference so be it you know nobody can take that away from you Um, I can't say, obviously, that I had anything similar out of 14, uh, because you know what what I've really realized, and particularly listening to your stories, this is a game made in a different decade for a different world of gaming. This is a game that's definitely slotted itself into uh, a climate where MMOs have changed, where games have changed. We went over all the ways that that's happened literally over the course of this entire podcast life, but even just today talking about the rise of the MMO light and all these other games as a service and that kind of thing, right? So I imagine there are going to be plenty of people who would say that playing 14 or even still playing World of Warcraft serves a similar purpose. But again, I think that is something that goes, uh, that can be said for a lot of things now, which to me is a good thing. But before we close out, I did kind of want to hit some more of the 14 specific points that I didn't get to in the Aspie anything, right? <laughs> Sorry. <I> was, <laughs> I,
1: if I, maybe if I had time to prepare questions, I would have better ones and you would have been able to touch on all the points.
0: You know, let me tell you. So here's the behind the scenes for the listen. I wavered for a while on whether or not I was going to tell you before we went on air. Uh, because I was like, well, what if he wants to prepare questions that I was like, but I ultimately landed on no. And I'm still glad I landed on no. No, I think, because, you the right, I
1: think you made the right call.
0: Yeah, because I could not pass up the chance to have people hear you lose your mind in real time. <laughs> and, but don't worry, because I prepared some of the stuff. You actually asked me, um, your questions were encompassing enough to cover pretty much most of what I'd prior prepared. Thanks. But there's a few other things that I would um, kind of want to hit to. Mm-hmm. One of them being a the storyline. So one of the things that drew me to this game and continues to like floor me is the story. Like this game is super meta. So to go into a little more detail, we said before, 1.0 was a hot flaming disaster, right? And then Square somehow came around and did a Realm Reborn, which basically fixed the whole thing. How the hell do you do that? There's actually, you might have heard of Noclip, which are these guys really good. Shout out to them. They're a great crew uh, of film um, folks. And they did a whole documentary, actually, about how they pulled Final Fantasy out of the fire. And Naoki Yoshida, who is the the guy that took over the team and currently still directs the game, uh, he basically said, well, here's what we did. We had to pull a rabbit out of our hat and try to fix the first game. But at the same time, I had another team build a new one. Let's think about that for a second. How bonkers is that? You have to try and fix an old a game that is a trash fire. But at the same time, build another one to replace it. And we know from... Uh, the reporting of such wonderful folks as Jason Schreier, that game development is uh, a crapshoot and really difficult when things are going right. Yeah. Much less when the entire fucking house is on fire. <laughs> yeah. So s- somehow they, they m- achieved the impossible feat of uh, putting to bed the 1.0 client And introducing a Realm Reborn, which was a foundation for what became the only other game to be successful in the modern era with subscription fee. Let's not forget that either. Yeah. There are exactly two games that charge a subscription fee in 2019. World of Warcraft and Final Fantasy XIV. And both of them are popular. And everybody said after the cascade of of games that came claiming to be WoW killers. Remember all those? Oh, yeah. And all... All of them fucking failed. And only ever 14, after a colossal failure, was able to make it happen. That's bonkers itself. But even more bonkers is that they incorporated that drama into the storyline. So the storyline of A Realm Reborn, in a nutshell, is this. The game takes place five years after an event called The Calamity. Okay. You begin as, you know, you're referred to in the game as an adventurer. You're just some random dude. Yeah. Uh, and you um, kind of get into, you're just coming into the, the land of Eorzea after, you know, God knows what happened. But you are trying to kind of piece together your new life. Over the course of the game's plot, you find out that the Garlean Empire to the north of Eorzea is like, we're trying to take this whole shit. Okay. And they were trying to do that in the Calamity, too. Um, the reason the Calamity happened in in-game lore is because there were, what happened is that there was a moon called Dalamud, which turned out to be the housing shell of Bahamut. And in the course of the Garleans' machinations to take over Eorzea, that moon fell to Earth and essentially killed everybody. <laughs> That oh, event, man. I might add, is the actual end of the 1.0 client. There's actually a video of it online. Like Square Enix straight up said, the, the calamity is the last thing that happened in 1.0. Yeah. And and Dalamud falling to earth on the fields of Cartano and killing everybody is the end of the 1.0 client. Hence why the game is called Final Fantasy XIV A Realm Reborn. Okay. So, the game storyline I find to be super fascinating. Not quite like the Witcher 3 level, but I, I really, really liked it. Um, it uses a lot of old English. And yeah, sure. interestingly enough, they flavor things with a lot of like French names. Like I just mentioned, the Field of Cartonneau. Yeah. And one of the main characters like that hovers over the story is like this scientist type dude, um, Louis Uh and, and my favorite sub check section of the game is you go to there are three city-states in the game. Uh Limsa Lominsa, I mentioned before, which is a basically a pirate city. Like it's a ship and it's a pirate city. There is the uh, desert city called Ulda, and my home, the forest city of Gridania. But there's a fourth city-state uh, called Ishgard. But they're kinda like out the other three in like this like loose alliance, but the Ishgardians are not But you have to go to Ishgard as part of the plot And Ishgard itself has three houses Which I believe are Durandare, Highland Art, and Four Temps And there's like this big political Intrigue going on between them That you get mixed up in You're going there to find an airship But they're like, no, 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 no no! I'm not helping your act So you're like, alright, so I have to get mixed in Your political nonsense before I get my airship Yep <laughs> uh, and that's my favorite part of the game It's really, really well- But the whole storyline in general Is is pretty crazy And like I said, I love that they added so much um, There's a lot of callbacks To all the various games Through every sect of this game Like You can slot materia into your equipment <laughs> You know, I mentioned the Garlean Empire Which is based off of The villain of FF1 Right. I learned that the the raid I'm about to go on is for the Crystal Tower, which is a lo- you may remember is a location in Final Fantasy III. Yep,
1: yeah, that's one of my that's that FF three is actually one of my favorites.
0: All right. Uh, here, take a look at this picture too. Uh, the picture I sent you is the second mount you get in the game, and that is um, I forgot what they called in fourteen, but that's basically it's a Magic Tech armor. Yeah, uh, based straight out of Final Fantasy six. Also, fun fact, when you, when you get it and you can just walk around the land with it, it plays Terra Steam. So, like, as a longtime fan of the franchise, every time I'm playing this game, I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's
1: Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it sounds like it's, uh, it's, it's like a, a game for, for fans, right?
0: Oh, 100%. Uh, anybody can play it because they do a really, really good job of just, like, slowly integrating you and ramping you up. Um, but there's definitely a lot of things that if you're a fan, you're going to take notice of. Like you can have these little minions walking around you and and many of them are based off of FF characters and beasts. Uh, but one of the, the things that really has me excited for the game's future is just how much they're doing. They do all these really cool crossover events. Uh, well before I decided I wanted to play, they did an FF13 one, which I wonder if I can still get any of the Quest stuff from. I'm going to have to look that up. You may have heard last year... Obviously, they did the Monster Hunter one, so that Behemoth is in Monster Hunter World, but Rathalos is in uh, FF14. But I don't know if that's a timed event. I have to check that out. Apparently, it's like a fucked-up boss in FF14. They're doing—I'm super excited. Next week, they're finally doing the Final Fantasy XV crossover quest. So you'll get to run around with Noctis for a while, and you'll get to get, as a mount, the Regalia— which is a four-player mount.
1: No way. That's
0: actually really funny. That's it's crazy. So I can't wait for that. Uh, but even wilder is the raids they've been doing. So they started doing like these, you know, collaboration raids. So they had the return to East one. So they had the guys from Final Fantasy Tactics come back and do a raid based on that game. Nice. A, whole, a series of them. That's actually wrapping up soon. Uh, they announced during the fan fest that none other than Yoko Taro and, and uh, Yosuke Saito of Nier Automata are going to be doing a Nier themed raid uh, in this uh, next gonna expansion. It's going to be
1: completely batshit.
0: It's going to be crazy. I can't wait. Uh, and, and your boy no Nomura is doing some designs for yet another raid. So they got like a lot of cool stuff. They yeah. just keep churning out. It's so great. Uh, and and one of the big technical things they're doing, so you mentioned like servers and server drama before, right? Yeah. Uh, an interesting thing they're doing with this game is that they're introducing what's called the World Visit System at the end of this month. So just like every old school MMO, uh, there's data centers and there's servers. I play on the Genova server in the data center Aether. Okay. So what they're going to do is they're basically going to negate the uh, importance of those servers soon because with the world visit system, your character will always live on whatever server. So my character is always going to live on Genova, but with world visit, I can go and play on any server I want in the data center. Interesting. Which means that all the congested servers are, people are going to flow. You're basically going to have commuting inside the game. (laughs) Like, The big gripe I have with this game right now is um, the queue times for, like, the duty finder can be pretty long. Like, usually it's about 20 minutes to get into a dungeon. Oh, wow. Yeah, but that's because, actually, I picked up... Genova was a preferred server when I started playing, a low-pop server. Uh, It's standard now, but even so, it's not a lot of people. So I can, if I'm really impatient, I can go to a higher-pop server and try and get in there... Um, or hopefully people from the higher pop servers will just be coming to mind. So the queue time should go down for everybody anyway. So stuff like that is going to make, it's going to be really, really interesting. It'll basically negate the, Oh, what server are you on? Cause effectively it's not going to matter. So I think that's going to be a big change for the game and a welcome one. So I think that is everything I really wanted to talk about. Um, but yeah, 14 has been super fun so far. Oh, how could I forget? Shadowbringers. One of the things they're adding. Uh, of course, they're adding new classes and stuff like that. I just wanted to highlight one of the classes back. Talking about, um, well, bring it in. Talking about bringing back all sorts of FF stuff. What The new tank class in Shadowbringers is the Gunbreaker. Who has Squall's Gunblade. What? <laughs> That's awesome you know, I'm there. Yeah. So we yeah, that is, that's 14. Um, and that's wow. As you've gone over, um, I've said my piece.
1: Yeah. Um, there's a lot to cover. Um, you know, longish episode, but, um, important know, one, important one. So I'm sure if you are an MMO player, you have uh, plenty of stories to share. Please, you know, don't hesitate to reach out to us. Um, you know, uh, we we've got um you know we we've, we've we've got spots on the internet for you to for you to share these stories and we'd love to hear from you. So we're on Twitter at FrogSnacks, we're on Instagram at FrogSnacksPodcast. Podcast, we've got our website, uh frogsnacks.net, and we are on your uh, podcast launcher of choice. Rate, review, subscribe, all that stuff really helps out. And um, we will see you guys next week. For our final episode. Peace out, everybody.